Next on BYU Sports Nation, the back nine for BYU basketball. Why history favors the Cougs in the second half of conference play. Former NBA player and current BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins back on set for Jammin' with Juddy and, of course, Little B. And then Big B, former NFL linebacker Brian Keel in studio. Which BYU draft hopeful he sees on an NFL roster? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. What it is, BYU Sports Nation Live and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, January 27th, wherever and however you may be dialed in, Great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with BMW product placement specialist, <laughs> Brian, Brian Logan. Why, why did you say BMW? I want to apologize to everybody right now because my voice is really, really bad. No, can you show it's some, really, really, really bad Can you right show now. some love for I, Brian Logan showing up I, like this when I, we need... I am... I So, look, we were talking about it earlier, and... We're going through our, our meeting and everything. You guys are just taking so many shots. Now I can finally talk, man. <laughs> you know, you guys are making fun of me, and I was just like, oh, wait till I get my voice back. And uh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of grateful for this, this experience right now in this situation with my voice because I am literally sucking in my, my abs right now, my core so tight just to talk. So I hope I walk away with a 12-pack. Yes. Well, Brian, Brian's on his way to a 12-pack for sure. The... Much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The reserved Brian Logan, if there ever was a reserved Brian Logan, not by uh, his choice. No, no, I'm not going to be reserved, man. <laughs> hey, look, look, check this out, man. It's just, it's just like a football game, a basketball game. I don't care, comp- competition. If I leave this studio and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm not just, you know, tired, exhausted, if I can't, if I can still speak after this, I didn't do my job, man. Amen, I don't care brother. about injuries. Not going to hold me back. Playing through injuries. That's what it is. Brian Logan, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's, I guess that's more than we can say for, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even going to go there. But Jerem. Hi, We Jerem. love Jerem. We Hi. love Jerem. Hi, Jerem. We're just take, kidding, of course. Take some medicine for yes, me, too. feel better. Jerem Jordan out uh, ailing as well. We sent out a tweet yesterday, by the way, asking who's on the BYU tournament train with me. And by a margin of five huge votes, <laughs> currently the tourney train is still rolling. Are you, are you on the tourney train with me, Brian? I'm on with you, man. All right. I'm, 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 you know what? I don't, it doesn't matter what you say, what you do. Okay, sometimes. But I am always <laughs> going to have your back, man. Okay. Bob all the way. Listen, we went, we drove to Heber City, Utah yesterday, uh, home of the Heber Creeper, the train, to get a conductor's hat. Nice. And it is a new part of the BYU Sports Nation set. When I'm feeling the tourney train mojo, when it gets going again, we're going to bust can we, this Can out. we put like a Y on this, like to spice it up a little bit, put uh, some maybe. flavor on it? Right, we bought it. We can do, do you whatever know how we want so? with it, right? Do you know how to sew? Uh, uh, kind maybe, of. Maybe, maybe we could take a class together. Okay. And then we could, we could put the Y on Only at Brigham, right? <laughs> That's right. There's got to be some sewing classes, right? <laughs> and cooking class and like how to like nurture a baby, like take care of a baby, Certainly. right? Certainly. At BYU. I mean, I would expect that at other universities too, but you got it's got to be here. Right? Yes. I should take one of those We'll classes. look into that. The conversation alive and well, 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and be a part of BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question today, 
What would you do for Brian's voice to make it better? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what is your realistic expectation for BYU basketball and their back nine West Coast Conference games? The first tweet in from at Zojo Brian. With my BYU goggles on, 9-0. Unfortunately, 7-2 since the Cougars rely on the perimeter shots to win. Okay? He brings up a fair point. You live by the three, you die by the three. Thus far... It has been awesome in instances and just head-scratchingly frustrating in other instances. Brian, where are you on this? Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm blue goggles till I die as well. And so, yes, I'm hoping and praying for a 9-0 and then heading into the tournament, being undefeated, winning the championship. And we all go wild. Party at my house. Spencer and Jerem, you guys are invited uh, to to here, watch the here. big dance, put them on. but you know, I, I think I think realistic. Okay, let me put them on first. <laughs> I think realistic. I got I got to go with Joe 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 Smo Brian uh, <laughs> with the eight and two. I have to go with that. Okay, because you, you, I mean, you, you look at the you look at the upcoming games, and and we obviously know Gonzaga is going to be tough. I think St. Mary's is going to be tough as well. Even though they are, where are they at? Where are they playing the game at, Spencer? They're in Provo. They're at home. Even though we're at home. Yeah. See, I couldn't argue this point with you earlier because I couldn't talk. I was saving this moment to argue that point. I think it's still going to be a tough game. Certainly it will be a tough game. Uh, BYU basketball now facing nine regular season games left, all in conference, and then the approaching West Coast Conference tournament. What do they need to do to make a legitimate NCAA tournament run? More importantly, what is the realistic ex- expectation for this team? While you think about that, here are the rest of your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Listen to this. LSU football will make $4 million to play BYU in 2017 in that neutral site season opener. That is, How does that happen? That information according to advocate.com. $4 how much million. Is, how, much, how, much is Brigham, how much is Brigham getting? Less than $4 million. <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. That's a come on, man. I wish I had five flags right now. It doesn't make any sense to me. They're going to make, I, I think, a com- like $8.5 million or $9 million to play against Michigan and BYU in these two upcoming games. That is big-time well, money. I would have been like, hey, man, I need Ooh. 10% times 5% times 3%, another 1.5% in order for me to show up. All that, more, uh, that much more of a reason for BYU to go and beat them. You're getting paid. You should lose the game. Right. Jimmer Fredette played five minutes last night, four points on two or three shooting, two rebounds and assists, all late minutes. And a Pelicans blowout win against the 76ers. And BYU Volleyball drops from number four to number seven in the latest ABCA rankings. After splitting a weekend series with UC Santa Barbara, the Cougs went from ranked to eighth to fourth, now back to seven. So the accordion rankings continue for BYU Volleyball. Yeah, that's, a, that's what we call a ranking dance, you know, the NCAA <laughs> dance, where you go up and back and forth, back and forth, side to side. A lot of, lot, of, lot of season left, though. A lot of games left. Absolutely. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. BYU basketball making the turn. Pause on the rebound. Missed by Gayroon. Winder. Now they'll try Fisher from the corner for three. And BYU's back in the lead. Yeah, BYU needs some more of that from Chase Fisher. Thursday marks a new beginning. The back half or back nine games of the West Coast Conference basketball season. The Cougars are approaching the 10th tee, if you will. Well, where is BYU now, Brian? They've lost three of five. Frustrating? Absolutely. 
Okay, they were 5-4 and four in the front half of conference play, including losses at home to Pepperdine and on the road most recently against San Diego, 77-74. Injuries have hurt the Cougs, no question. Dave Rose said yesterday basically all of his rotation players are dealing with some kind of injury. They're nicked up, they're bruised. Most notably, Anson Winder dealing with a sprained MCL. Nate Austin out indefinitely with a torn right hamstring. BYU can't rely on his return at all. There are a million reasons why this should not end successfully for <laughs> BYU, Brian. No, that's right. I mean, all the odds are against them when you put it that way, right? And, and everything that's been happening. But, you know, these, these guys, as, as an as a athlete, as a competitor, I mean, if you are a true competitor, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm not going to let any of these things hold me back. You know, we, we got to turn it around. And, and this is a good point right now to say, okay, let's reassess this thing. Let's, let's see where some of our mistakes were. And, and how do we fix those going forward? Yeah, we don't have Nate. Yeah, we don't have this guy. We don't have that. We've had injuries. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. No excuses, man. There's no excuses. Yeah, if you're sick and you can't talk, you don't, you don't talk for an hour so you can get prepared for this show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So as a competitor, man, you have to find that, that, that desire deep down in you. And, and I think something that, that is, is going to be good for these guys is to trying to get that momentum. You know what I mean? Peaking at the right moment really makes a difference. And if they can do that these next few games, I think that would be good, setting, setting them up into the tournament. You know who's right there with you in that ideology? Every single one of those BYU players. I guarantee it. Tyler Hawes playing through a bad ankle. Kyle Collinsworth had an IV for at least a couple of days the week he played two games. He was so sick he could barely run up and down the floor. You think Mm. it mattered to Kyle Collinsworth? It is killing Nate Austin that he can't be on the floor. I know because I've talked to him a number of times. It is crushing him that he can't play for this team. Okay, Jamal Ates is the same way. He hasn't played this season. He's been out after surgery. Okay, I'd be shocked if he burns a uh, year of eligibility with a few games at the end of the season. So there there are a number of players. Chase Fisher dealing with a banged-up finger. Okay, and when you're a shooter, like, that's (laughs) kind of important. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the West Coast Conference officials uh, have been less than praiseworthy. Mm, Uh, Who's paying you? Sorry. Who isn't paying them? Uh, <laughs> consistently inconsistent is uh, my favorite description I've heard for the West Coast Conference officiating. We've talked about all these reasons, Brian. Okay, BYU players are still invested. They're still in it. They want to win. Tyler Haas said yesterday, we are going to turn this thing around. You know what? Complaining about all this doesn't change anything. And in terms of making this season successful, pull out one of my favorite movie quotes. It's time to get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> Thus, Brian, let's reset those expectations going back to what you said. Win the next game. Yep. Got to, at, at, this, at this point, man, you have to – it always sounds so cliche, right? What do you have to do to turn things around? What do you, you, you got to focus literally on the next game, at the task at hand. I mean, we can break this thing down here, Spencer. We can go really, really deep. But you really have to pay attention to detail. and You can't look – at five games down the road, you have to focus on your next opponent. You have to focus on that moment, the keys that are going to get you to win the game. And then once you are in that game, you have to focus on those keys and at the task at hand. If that means rebounding and going up hard, you got to do that. If that means getting some extra steals, you have to do that. And so, you again, you just have to find that desire, that, that passion. If you, are, if you walk off that court and you aren't tired, man. 
I that's I don't want you on my team. Win I don't. the next game. Win the homestand more specifically. Okay, so let's set realistic goals for BYU basketball. Beat San Francisco on Thursday. Take care of business against Santa Clara on Saturday. Winning breeds confidence. And this team, the buzzword all year for Dave Rose has been confidence. They don't have very much right now, if any at all, after that tough loss at San Diego a week after they lost at St. Mary's. They right. need some confidence. Win the next two at home. Next, next two games. I mean, we, I talked about it earlier, riding that momentum train. There's so many coaches that, that, that really buy into that. You look at Ohio State. Didn't really do good in the beginning of the year. Got some momentum, picked it up. Um, you look at the women's volleyball team. You know, uh, Coach Sean said the same thing, peaking at the right moment. If they can, if they can find a way to peak uh, where everybody's on one accord, I'm telling you, man, I, I believe in the 9-0. I believe in it. Believe and achieve. Finish third in the West Coast Conference is another realistic and achievable goal for this BYU basketball team. They need to avoid Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference Tournament semifinals in Las Vegas. That likely means BYU in the final nine need to win at least seven of those games. Now, here's the thing. Winning seven of nine is right up Dave Rose's alley when it comes to what he's done at BYU, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 80.8. Dave Rose has won (laughs) 80.8% of his games in the second half of conference play as BYU's head coach. That's eight out of every ten. Seven out of every nine. Close enough. Okay? The Cougars are absolutely capable of winning seven of the final nine. They could probably win because they have St. Mary's at home. They could probably win eight of the nine. Okay? No one's giving them Gonzaga, but that's because Gonzaga has the longest home win streak in the nation. I think it's at 36 games. They're ranked number three in the country. They've lost one game. I believe in miracles, though. It was by three points at Arizona at the McHale Center. Okay? To, to me, it's, it's really the St. Mary's game. I mean, people, some people are uh, afraid of Portland. It's on the road. I, I, don't, I don't see it really being a big deal, especially what they did at home. I know it's different playing away. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, if, if you can go back to that game and look at that formula and say, hey, you know, we, we, we got things done with, with smaller guards and, you know, your, your, your bigs are just too slow. Um, but, you know, Portland has already seen that, right? That was the first time that BYU showed up with that. So they may have something for him. They may say, oh, now we know how to guard this and, and play against these four guards. So maybe it may be a little bit of a challenge, but I don't really think so. Okay, so how does BYU – this is great and all. How do, how do they win seven of nine? They're going to have to win some games ugly. And Blaine Fowler addressed this, a huge concern for the Cougars in the front nine and for most of the season yesterday on BYU Sports Nation. This is a team that hasn't been able to win ugly because they're not good enough defensively. When they're just not going out and winning pretty and outscoring teams, they have not shown me or anybody that they're good enough to grind out an ugly win and, and get the stops they need to get down the stretch to win a ball game. This is where you miss Nate Austin, okay? The guy that will make those ugly, scrappy, get on the floor, bang your knee, you know, get floor burn, those type of plays, okay? BYU has those guys. They just need a collaborative effort at a higher level to go and win ugly, get defensive stops. It's so hard when you have a guy like Nate that challenged the high screen. I mean, he knows how to take, take charges. I mean, he, he has great position on the defensive side, knows how to rebound, obviously. Um, but 
I mean, it's very hard to replace those minutes, man. I mean, like you said, collectively, if, if one guy go, falls out, you got to look at three to, to step up. We'll ask uh, Jeff Judkins, former NBA player and BYU women's basketball coach, how he would overcome such a struggle. And he's dealing with a very similar situation on his team this year, losing Ashley Garfield. Ashley Garfield equal to Nate Austin on BYU men's basketball. What is your realistic expectation for BYU hoops and their back nine West Coast Conference games? At Swish Parker 5 says this, I want to be on your pickup team. Preach, baby, Brian Logan. (laughs) Go all out or go home. Win, baby, win. Let's get to a couple more of those tweets. It's winter time. At Cougar underscore Nate, my blue goggles are always on. So I say eight and one. But as soon as I take my goggles off, wait, I thought they were always on. Uh, If he (laughs) takes them off, I see six and three, seven and two. At best, mm. I think seven and two gets you the number three spot in the West Coast Conference tournament, but still awfully bubblicious. Man, I, nine and zero. Oh, if you got your blue goggles on, you got to say nine and zero. Oh. You can't say right? eight and one. Yeah, maybe get some LASIK with, with the blue goggles on. Can you do that? <laughs> blue, blue goggle contacts. Blue goggle LASIK. <laughs> Up next, Jeff Judkins on set in studio. It's jamming with Juddy. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. And join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Have you heard Wednesday, February 4th, BYU Sports Nation will cover signing day like no other. BYU football all access. We'll have our normal BYU Sports Nation at 12 Eastern 10 Mountain Time with live updates. There will be a press conference on BYUTVSports.com at 3 Eastern, 1 Mountain, followed by a BYU Sports Nation signing day special at 4 Eastern with interviews live from the football building. It's, it's going to be sweet. Excited, man. It's like our version of dra- it's like draft day meets That's signing what it is. day. I, you get to see all the fresh meat, man. You know, <laughs> all, the, all the jokes and, and the play, all, that, all, all the freshmen coming in. You know, some of these guys uh, – are just coming off of that yellow bus, just coming into prom. Uh, so it's uh, it's always exciting to see as a, as a player, but also as an analyst too, you know, to see the future of BYU. It's like, hey, man, uh, you need to gain some weight. Uh, you need to get a little <laughs> bit faster because in four years, we need to be legit, man. Come on, get with it. Brian, look, you kind of you sound like Frank Wintrick, the, uh, the new uh, developed, what is, what is his official title? It is... It's not strength and conditioning coach. Strength anymore. coach. It's, it's strength it, coach. It has changed though. He's 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 got a new title. The director of football performance, I believe. What? That's yeah. just a fancy way to say strength coach. <laughs> <laughs> strength coach, man. What is your realistic expectation for BYU men's basketball in their back nine West Coast Conference games? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now, jamming with Juddy as he does every Tuesday. Coach, uh, making the turn. Welcome back to BYU yeah. Sports Nation uh, before you begin the back half of conference play. Yeah, I can't believe it's gone that fast. You know, it's, uh, it's you feel like the season's long, but then you start looking at it and say, hey, we're half over. And, um, you know, we would have liked to have been 9-0, and but 7-2 and is not bad. And we shouldn't have lost the game to St. Mary's, so we probably should have been 8-1, and I think, is something that we thought we could have achieved. And then, of course, have our chance with Gonzaga at home. But... We're happy, you know. We got we got uh, we got a good start, and hopefully, we can do better the second half. Okay, so gathering from what you just said, 
in terms of midway expectations for the West Coast Conference season, were you kind of thinking eight eight and one is, is where you thought you might be? Where you where you want? Of course, you want to win all nine. But what what were your expectations? For well, we time? we thought we thought we we should be you know no question nine and zero, but um, we, <laughs> right. we, we we knew that Gonzaga would be tough there, and um, you know we had a couple tough games that we struggled with in the past with Loyal Marymount and Pepperdine. On the road for us, um, they were tough games. Portland's always been a tough game, so we thought seven and two would probably be the what we would be the worst that we thought we could be if we wanted to have a chance to win the championship. Okay. And I think what hurt us was losing the game at home with St. Mary's. I mean, Pacific and St. Mary's are very good, and playing them back to back was hard. But now we got to go there. But the, the the advantage with women was a little different than men. Is the home court advantage is not as big? Certainly. But on the road, it's easier to win. So mm. it, I think the boys, it's a lot different, the men's situation for us. And, but we're going to have some tough games. we got to play St. Mary's and Pacific, and we got to play this weekend. San Francisco is is the fifth team in our league, really, if, that's pushing. They're very good, and so it's going to be a battle for us. Yeah. So, Coach, you guys are, are tied second <clears throat> right now with, with St. Mary's. And you, like, like you said, you, you've had some, some losses that you guys wish you could take back. But you also had some good wins. Um, where's your team's confidence approaching uh, the second half? Well, I think we feel like we've always in the past have done better the second half. I think once we play somebody, I have a great staff that really works hard of breaking things down and taking advantage of what we can do. Um, now we're going to see what everybody did against our, our offense, you know, how they doubled Morgan, who they came with and so forth, and what they did with Lexi. And I think we'll have a better understanding of what we need to do with our, with our plays. The negative part of it is they know what we do. We know, they know what mm-hmm. we do defensively and what we try to do with players. But this team, uh, I think we've, you know, we've, we always seem to play better at the end. I think part of it is they, just, they, they understand it, and we prepare, and we try to give them time off during this, the first of the season. So hopefully we'll be able to do what we did last year, and that was – Last year we went eight and one, and they gave us a good chance to really have a chance for the title. The problem is, we're two games behind Gonzaga, and uh, they really only have one tough road game. That's us in San Diego, um, so that's going to be tough. It'll be you know hopefully somebody can can beat them. Okay, let's say for whatever reason you're coaching a team that doesn't live up to first half expectations, but now now with the second half of conference play approaching. What do you do as a coach and a staff to to reset and kind of help your players refresh in their minds to be like, hey, this is this is a new season? I think what you do is, is you do what you said. You, you go to your team and say, this is the first half of the season. Now we're starting the second half of conference. And for us to have a chance of winning the conference or going to postseason is really the most important part of the season is right now, the last nine games of conference. And you have to take one game at a time. But you have to kind of, you kind of have to start over and say, now we're going to see what we can do the second half. And um, I know that both of us, both Dave's and my team, have always done better the second half. We've we've done a good job with that. And I think part of it, we have great players that focus that way and, and really realize it. Um, I think Dave's going to have an easier time second half. He has more home games, five home games instead of five on the road. Um, he will play St. Mary's at home. He will play. Some other teams that I think San Francisco, who's been playing really well right now, uh, but he also has Gonzaga, Gonzaga, which is a tough game yeah. to really. But you know, sometimes 
you've you can if that's the last game of the season, sometimes you can get in there and, and catch a team that's you know, maybe they've already won it. They're they've kind of already looking clinched past the title, that. they're the one seed. Yeah, they're kinda of looking at it and you can get in there and, and really do it. So um I mean it's hard. I mean two baskets here and there and Dave Rose's team is eight and one. Okay. Isn't you know, that unbelievable? I mean it's crazy how this game is, but it's really true. I mean, he, San Diego he loses last second. You know, St. Mary's comes down the wire. Pepperdine, it's right down the wire. I mean, he wins those games. Ball bounces his way, and next, next thing you know it, they're 8-1. and one, So, so how, as a coach, how do you get your players to erase that in those, in those bad losses and, and move forward? Because as a, as a player, I put myself in, in, in their shoes – and it's like, man, it's hard not to dwell on, on those games. It's really hard. It's it's one of the hardest things as a coach, how you get your team to forget it. The one thing he has, and you heard the comment, uh, Tyler Haas said it. He said, we're going to play better. Yeah, we're turning it around. So you got your best player who believes that their teams can play better than what they're doing. And then all of a sudden everybody jumps on the bandwagon and – Next thing, Kyle believes it. Next thing, but kind of what you mentioned, you know, hopefully, I don't know if Nate's coming back. I don't know what the situation is, but that's a big piece of the puzzle Holy they've missed. Cow. People don't realize he doesn't get all the points and he doesn't do all those things, but Nate was a good defender, a great rebounder, a good passer, uh, experienced player. And he lost that, and hopefully he gets him back to the second half, and that'll make a big difference. Yeah, very much up in the air whether or not Nate Austin uh, will come back to play with BYU men's basketball. Uh, it's just kind of a wait-and-see approach right now with that torn right hamstring. But, Coach, you lost Ashley Garfield, who yeah. I feel like is the Nate Austin is. of BYU women's basketball, the intangibles, takes charges, uh, plays bigger than she really is. She'll get down yeah. on the floor and, and you know get in some scrums and stuff like that and just – really lifts her team with plays that don't show up in the stat sheet. How do you overcome losing a player like that? You, you, you really never, never overcome that. It's, mm. you know, you, your, your team's used to what she does. Every player has a role, and one of her roles is one of the hardest roles to f- fulfill. You know, I thought Orton came in there tonight and kind of gave us a little bit of, of Ashley Garfield. She came in and got some really nice rebounds and made a nice block shot and was aggressive. Um, you know, and I'm sure Dave's had some players do the same thing, but being consistently, it's, it's, it's hard. And, you know, you, you count on it and you prepare for it. Um, so the only thing we can do is hope that other players step it up. Um, Joe John has played really well for us. The thing that people don't realize, now Joe John's starting, now that hurts my bench a little bit because Joe John was a good bench, came mm-hmm. off the bench for us. Yeah, she was your spark. Yeah, she was too. So now you lose that. And so it's kind of a, it's a lot of little things, but um, you have to deal with it. Every team goes through these injuries, and, and yeah, you have to deal with it. And hopefully somebody on my team will step it up, either Fuller or Cassie or Orton or Lowy. Somebody will step it up for us to be able to make up that, that miss. Coach, how long do you wait for somebody to step up? I mean, before you say, okay, I have to go to a whole different game plan and maybe – Run a different style of offense or a it's, different style of defense. Is it's <laughs> happening to the football team. You know, you lose a key part of the offense, and how do you change that? What I've tried to do is I try to make the players that I've mentioned, I've tried to try to give them confidence and try to say, hey, you're, some of your abilities is different nationally. So come in and do your thing, but but be solid. Come in and play solid like she did for us defensively and taking care of the ball and 
doing those things, and it's hard. Cassie has struggled a little bit because point guard's tough. you got to come in and run your team, and that's a little bit harder than really what Aloe or Orton's trying to do for our team. So um, that's that's I guess that's what we get paid for is to try to <laughs> right. try to do a good job with that. But, it, 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 but, but it's hard. <laughs> but it's tough. Coach Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation it is jamming with Juddy. We should not overlook the fact that your assistant coach Dan Nielsen came in here last week uh, seeking some BYU Sports Nation karma, and he credited us after the win against San Diego with uh, with BYU Sports Nation being the added bonus or the element that, that you guys needed to finish off the Toreros. How do you well, feel about that? I, I think, you know, Dan, Dan does a great job for me. And I felt I forgot the little thing he, he wanted to give you. I'll bring it tomorrow. <laughs> right. okay. I left it in my truck. He gave it to me and said, how will you take it? And I forgot it. It's so, okay. It's all right. You're going to come back. But I'll make sure I get it to you. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we love, in the women's side of it, we love every every bit of, of press and what we can get because, we feel like we work hard and we deserve some of this stuff. We don't get as much as we'd like. So, so to be on this on this Sports Nation every week has been a lot of fun for me. And hopefully a lot of our fans will be able to get a little better insight of what we're trying to do at, at BYU with, you know, with the women's basketball. You will hold that position until there is a better shooter on campus <laughs> at BYU. <laughs> Yeah, somebody will come catch me, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, we wish you the best of luck in the back half and uh, specifically at San Francisco and Santa Clara this week. Well, thanks a lot, Spencer, and we wish we could get some of our games televised, but I think you can watch us online at BYU and I think also West Coast Conference. W.TV. So Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have asked me that question, so follow us. We hope we can have a great weekend. You got to support the Lady Cougs. Up next, Brian Keel, Big B, back in the studio joining Little B and myself. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUsportsNation.com. BYU Men's Basketball Thursday on ESPNU. Late tip, 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain These against San Francisco. These late tips kill me, man. They yeah. kill me because I want to watch the game, and, and I love watching the game, and I'm, like, sleeping, and then I get – you know, the game comes on, so now I'm, like, wide awake, and then I'm so, like, juiced up, and adrenaline's all pumping because I'm yelling at the screen, and then I can't go to bed until, like, 1 o'clock. <laughs> Would it oh help gosh, if you listened man. on BYU Radio, Brian? Just the audio only? May, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try that. Maybe you should try I'm going to try that. Maybe, <laughs> Help maybe, you transition to sleep I, a little then, better. Then I can make, keep my voice so I won't be yelling and oh, throwing things. Oh, goodness. Uh, refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's all about BYU basketball and what they face in the back half of conference play. We feel like the Cougars have to win at least 7 of 9 to hope to finish third in the WCC and avoid Gonzaga in a semifinal at the conference tournament. Uh, oh, by the way... Jimmer Fredette played five minutes last night, four points, a couple of rebounds, and BYU Volleyball drops from number four to number seven in the latest ABCA rankings after splitting a weekend series with UC Santa Barbara. Now that that is out, we welcome back for the second time in studio, Big B, Brian Keel. We we determined that you would be Big B, and he would be Little B last time, and ironically enough, here we are. Coincidence has it that lightning struck twice. (laughs) The two Bs are back. That's that's thunder. I'm, I'm lightning. Yeah. You can say that. Okay. Yeah, I, like that. I like that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Nice. Ryan, let's start hey, with. We the... need a graphic on there. Sound effects courtesy of Big B. Of Big B? Sure. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right, man. And record only, that. Please only, roll on that. Only if we both had the, our name spelled with an I. I mean, our. <laughs> Chemistry relationship would go to the a whole nother level. It'd just be a too. It'd just be, it'd be too too good. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Not everything in this world is perfect. Yeah, I understand. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Destined in the stars. <laughs> that's a good point, Big B. Hey, uh, I want to start with a really crucial question, and that is, um, how many psi do you like in your <laughs> professional footballs, Brian? <laughs> oh, about thirty-five. No. I'm <laughs> Yeah, 13 pounds, 12 pounds, 11 pounds. Who cares, man? I don't even care. This is crazy. As long as it's a football, it's the right size, you know? I mean, as long as it's oblong and not round, I think we'll be okay. Isn't that a bunch of just baloney? Uh, And you know what's funny is, and people are just eating it up. Oh, yeah. And it's like, hey, the media makes money off of controversy. And the more they stir it, and the people are just (laughs) (laughs) Super Bowl week. Oh, controversy. Deflate gate. (laughs) <laughs> the media, the, the people, the people, you know, all the networks are just sitting going like this. Oh, man, I couldn't have, couldn't have. Yeah, I, in, a way, in a way, I'm right. kind of one of those people. Oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, woo, media! <laughs> <Right? laughs> yeah. man right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know what? I can't hide. I can't hide you from You know, it. someone said something that was just so fun. Because I've, I've been asked about this so much. And it's, I has actually, I've actually been surprised how many people have asked me about it. Like, I'm going to tell them something they haven't heard or don't know. Or I play linebacker. I don't throw the ball. Right. Um, right. But I, I, I always say, I said, hey, you know what? In the second half, they fixed the balls, and the Patriots scored 28 points. So it's not like they can't score yeah. unless they have their ball deflated. <laughs> right. You know, they're, they're pretty good regardless of what their football is PSI is at. That's yeah, bre- breaking news, they, they have adjusted the score from 45-7 to seven <laughs> to 44-7, to seven, <laughs> and the Patriots still go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And there will be, there will be twelve and a half psi footballs, uh, I believe, in Arizona. Yeah, they'll, they'll make they'll make sure of that. Okay, yeah. we who do you think who do you think will win? I don't know who will win, but I who do you if, want to win? If the Seahawks win, I will cry. I'm with you, man. I hate them. I'm with you. <laughs> I hate them. I, I hate them too. I hate them. And Richard Sherman is public enemy number one. I can't stand yeah. the guy. I'm a, I'm a Niners. I like Sherman, but I'm a, I'm just a Niners fan. I respect him. I just don't like them. Okay, there's, there's that's a, fair. I that's a difference. That's See, fair. Yeah, ladies I and gentlemen, you can respect all of them. them. They're good. They are dang good, but they just like to tell you too much. <laughs> great answer. I can't stand it. That's oh. a great answer, man. You want to know the one who who bothers me the least on the Seahawks? Yes, the, I was thinking about this this morning. The Russell guy, Wilson. Nope, nope, because he bothers me too. Okay, <laughs> he's so smug and because he cries. Mm, no, I'm fine with that. I just, I just, <laughs> he just bugs me because he's so smug and politically correct and contrived in his answers he's like it just good he just bugs me yeah he bugs me one of the one who bothers me the least who i i respect him he's a monster and he says nothing who he says nothing marshawn yeah marshawn doesn't say a word marshawn it's it's (laughs) weird it's weird it's so weird coming from a guy that is from oakland you know what i mean where you have this this kind of culture out there where everything is like Overly animated, yeah. and, uh, and you go back and watch some of his his interviews, and even him at Cal, and he's just doing anything, man. <laughs> and and uh, my cousin Joe, you know, he's he's friends with with Marshawn, and he's told me some crazy stories. But I think that's what it is. He's just like has no time for foolishness, you know. Like I, 
Like, it's not the fact that, like, there's a reason why. He's just like, I literally don't want to talk to you. Why? Because yeah. I don't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> and he does you. what he does. Right. I love it. Yeah, the his, media hates it. Hates press it. Th- thank it. you for asking that question. I love it. <laughs> thank you for asking that question. Yeah. I, I applaud. I applaud when he sticks, <laughs> it. When he so sticks it to him. Okay, He's a well, beast. The NFL is obviously the pinnacle for, you know, the majority of college football players. They have a, they have a dream. I mean, you, you lived it. You went to the NFL. We're, we're there with the, the Giants and the Redskins and the Rams. Did I miss anybody? Uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm doing my I'm doing I got my your best. back, Big B. I got your back. There's only eight weeks, so you know. <laughs> I asked yeah. him to cut me. So okay, you you lived the dream. You went through it, and uh, from conversations I've had with Daniel Sorensen um, and Kyle Van Noy, it's just like, man, you you cannot prepare for what a rookie campaign is like, especially <laughs> uh, you know, just you just you don't know. So if you had to give advice to any of these drafty hopefuls, oh man that want to make a roster, what would it be? Oh, oh, oh. that's that's a tough question. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this. Just with my own experience, if there's one thing that I could have done differently going back, I think it would have been – I kind of had this mindset of no, I know better. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of the coaches are idiots and, <laughs> and you know, I, I just kind of, yeah, whatever. And I didn't really, li- especially when I was young, I didn't really kind of li- listen to what they were saying and thought that I would just be able to get by um, just with certain things like weaknesses in my game that, that didn't really affect my game, but it affected the way coaches looked at me. So it affected mm-hmm. my playing time and it's completely affected my career. And... If I could go back, I would fix those things. I would have listened more to them and fix those things because it would have, you know, changed my whole career. It's it's different when you are getting paid the big bucks, right, compared to college. Because yeah. college, you're like, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes, you know, you, there's a lot of things like relationships that you want to make sure that, you know, yeah. you, you manage well on a college level. But in the NFL, it's like, dude. I'm making way more money than you. Like, I'm not listening to you. You see, my, you see this Bentley I'm driving right now? Like, what do you have? You got a pickup truck. Leave me alone. Well, not me. I wasn't a Bentley. I was in a Prius. But no, just okay. kidding. Just kidding. But no, no. And you see that. So, so I, mean, I, was, I was just, I was on league minimum, which is a lot of money. But I was always on league minimum the whole year, but, or all my years. But then you have guys who are making the buku bucks. Mm-hmm. And you, you do kind of notice that because – because they're making, you know, multiples of whatever the coaches are making. Some of these starters, running backs, quarterbacks. Yep. And you kind of see that where the, the, the coach says something to them and they're like, I should buy you. you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And you know what's, you know what's different? One, just, just one thing that I noticed right off the jump is in college, nobody goes, hey, Bronco, what's, what are we doing today? Nobody right. says that, right? No. no nobody no. says that, okay? No. no. And in, in the NFL, hardly anybody says coach. They just, whatever the guy's first name is, that's what they call him. And mm. it's kind of like now on even. Same level, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And part of that's because of the money thing. Part of it's because some of the times these players are as old or older than the coaches. Right. Oh, yep. So, because you get these young coaches, you get these old players. You know, you get 35-year-old players in there. And that's true. Like, coach, coach, you can't talk to me like that. You I know, got a son, too. Yeah, you're not going to have a 35-year-old coach talking – or a player talking to a 30-year-old coach. Be like, right. yes, sir. Right. You're not going to happen. Right. Roger that. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> dynamic do you prefer? Uh, both of you, I guess, you, Brian, you seeking a career in the CFL and, and Big B, you in the NFL. I, I, I like the CFL. My, my defensive coordinator was, was kind of chill and laid back, and 
he was just all about, he had that man relationship. Mm-hmm. He, like, I'm going to treat you like a grown man. I'm not going to talk to you like a child. Yeah. I, I, these are the things I expect of you, and do it. I'm not going to ask you five times. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, then sorry, you're not going to play or you're going to get cut. Yeah. And, and I love that because during individ, in, individual drills, period, we did absolutely nothing. <laughs> we just stretched. <laughs> we did some ladder drills and we drank water. And he was like, if, if, if you do that and you come to team period and one-on-ones and you ball out and you dominate, well, great. Good for you. But if, if you don't, then you need to change some things. up. So it was a lot of accountability on yourself. Yeah. So I, that's what I like compared to college where it's like, and this is Coach Howe, and I will always say this about Coach Howe. I love him to death, but I hate it when he took over and how he would just make us run and run and run. I'm like, Coach, we're not running marathons, dude. <laughs> like, it's football. Like, I'm going to be going hard for like 10 seconds. Like, come on now. And, and so that compared to that style, I, I liked a lot. Yeah. I think everything has its place. I think uh, I, I wouldn't like to see college kids going, hey, Bronco, like that. I wouldn't like that. That would be there's, weird. They're still kids. They are yeah. still kids. You know, I, I, at BYU, I, it's a little different because we're older here, but, you know, sometimes. But I, I think it depends on the player, too, though. Because, oh, yeah. Because there, there are some times in my life where I needed that. I needed the Coach House. You yeah. Know? And during that time, I needed, the, I needed Coach yeah. House to be how he was. And then there's other times where I needed – to be a little bit more of, you know, my experience in the CFL and playing arena football where it's just like go ahead and chill. So I yeah. think let out the leash a little bit. Yeah, because well, yeah, you're professionals now. So yeah. it's time to – you're adults, you're professionals. It's time to be a man. And, and it, I tell you, guys really do not respond well to coaches that treat them like they're still kids. Yep. They do not right. like that. They do not like and that. That's not a surprise. Not yeah. at all. Brian Kill with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking everything from the – I just got an email, by the way. Uh, we're talking <laughs> everything from the Super Bowl to Deflate Gate to now BYU football guys trying to make the jump to the NFL. There have been three players that have been regularly discussed from this year's roster that, uh, that want to go and play at the next level. Devin Mahina, Paul Asike, and Alani Fua. Out of those three, which of those three do you see – making a 53-man NFL roster? Oof, that's a good question. Uh, it all comes down to, to just luck, really. It's, it's, so much of it is, is just what cards you're dealt, what team you go to, the fit, the scheme. You know, I played with a lot of guys that I thought would play for, for years in the league and didn't even make it. And it, was just, it still mm-hmm. surprises me. Yeah. And it's just they went to bad teams, bad situations. Um, but of those three guys, you know, the NFL, they're kind of funny. Sometimes they don't really – go with the best player, mm-hmm. per se. They go with the best potential. potential. And so, so there's a lot of guys. I'll take one like, uh, like Johnny Harleen, for instance. You know, Fantastic tight end. Never made it. And it still blows my mind. And I think part of it, too, is he got to the league just a little too early. I think if he was literally just the same guy but three years younger, he would have had a, a, a career in the league. But when he got there, it was still a running league. And they still wanted tight ends to be able to block. And he couldn't block to save his life. <laughs> he could catch that rock, but he couldn't block. Totally so different game now. Now, that, now I don't care. If you're tight end and you can run routes and catch, they don't care. They're like, okay, we don't we really need you to block. We'll get this other guy and put him oh, in when we want to run. Now, you know? Yeah, like, but back then, anyway – so what the NFL does, they look for potential, and they don't – like Johnny Harley was a fantastic football player, but he, he wasn't that big, strong, or fast. And, that's, and they look at that, and that kind of turned him off, right? And if he would have gone to a better scheme, like, like New England, they don't really care about that type of nope. stuff, big, strong, and fast. They care about football players. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other teams, they want that big, strong, and fast. Back to your question. Of all those three guys, um, I think the best football player is Alani. Yep. But 
he's the, the, the big, strong, fast. He's, he's fast, but he's not big and strong, and that's really going to hurt him. And so what position is he going to play? That's, what, that's the thing. That, I mean, there's no, he doesn't have a prayer to play safety. There's no <laughs> way. And it's not that he's not fast enough. He's just never played it before. Yeah. You can't switch. You can't move back into the NFL. You can move forward. Mm-hmm. You could go from, like, a safety to a linebacker if you put on the sides. You could go from, like, a linebacker to, to a lineman. A, mm. But you can't move back. You can't move to more specialized. Mm. Uh, he's a great football player. I just – I don't know, man. I, I, he, I needs some, a, he needs some. He needs some. He's a meat man. Yeah, he, he does. does. And he, his dad is like George is like three hundred pounds. Is he? You know, his, his his brother plays for the the Broncos, bounce around the NFL. Yeah. He's he's, he's like two hundred right? yeah. pounds, two fifty. You know, three hundred. Um, so we definitely we always make fun. That's why I started the campaign. Everybody on campus hashtag feed Alani because we got to get his Seriously, weight up, man. He needs and he could play. He just needs he that because he get put, he'll, he'll get pushed around. Yeah, I, I think he'll be good in a you know a, a, kind of a nickelback situation. There's some so many times you look at his career, his highlights where he's running down the middle of the field, you know, in, in a yeah. seam with a shorter, smaller receiver, yeah. turn around making interceptions, uh-huh. game winning interceptions. He can play. Like that. So he, I, I think that that would be a good. A good fit for him. I think if they can maybe, if he ends up on a practice roster and, uh, and they, they can, can mold him to up. a safety, beep yeah. him up, maybe mold him to a safety, maybe a or little bit. Or just a scheme type Scheme thing. type yeah. of thing, I think he'll be good. But it's interesting. I, I want to talk to you about, about Devin Mahina because, like you said, you know, not the best player when you look at stats and flash mm-hmm. and things like that. He but can block. He can block, he, though, right? He, the potential he to can block. block. He has good hands. Yeah. But when you look at the potential, his yeah. height, weight, um, you know, speed is really kind of irrelevant to me, I think, with the type of tight end he is. Yeah. Um, but you look at that, he's getting all these different, uh, you know, notorieties and invites, you know, to the senior bowls. And I'm like, wow, yeah. kind of scratched my head because you weren't you were yeah. nowhere to be found. Yeah. You know, these last few years. It's the same thing. Going back to my analogy or, or comparison, I should say, Johnny Harleen, his backup was Daniel Coates who had hardly any catches, and Played Coates could block, and he played, played for a bunch of years and, and, and started a little bit in the league. And it's kind, of, it's kind of funny, like, if you would have said that going into it, like this guy <laughs> yeah. who's the all, who was All-American, Johnny was an All-American, didn't make it. Oh, his backup? Yeah, he made it. But yeah. it's just the NFL looks for different things. So of those three players, Mahina's probably the most well-rounded. I think Fu is the best football player, but physically it has the most – room to go and then I think who physically is, is the best fit for the NFL but is the the least football skills is the CK because he's still learning how to play football that's breaking it down right yeah, there but, but honestly I, I I probably would say he has the best chance interesting because yeah. because the teams will look at his body his height weight speed combo and they'll be they, they drool over guys like that oh, yeah. like oh this guy's a bruiser and he can <laughs> run and he, he's got soft hands and well he doesn't even know how to play football who cares about it? we could teach yeah. him could who teach cares him about that that's the arrogance you know right there. yeah it's, it's Ziggy why did Ziggy get taken fifth overall because he was a good football player no because no. he's a freak yeah. And now he's, he's, he's showing now that he's, now. Now he's a good football he's player. He's showing that now. But he didn't know how to play football, but he's a freak. That's what, it was potential. They draft him out of potential. Now, these guys aren't in the same, you know, it's not even close. They're not going to get drafted that high, but it's the same idea. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's what can we make this guy into? Oh, Big B, bringing it today. Bringing it we'll down. see. We'll Delivering. see. I could be full of it, but that's what I that's what <laughs> Hey, come back and talk to us soon again. Anytime, man. All right, Brian Kill with Brian Logan and myself on BYU Sports Nation up next. We'll get to some of your tweets. Go back to BYU basketball. What are your realistic expectations for the Cougs in their back nine West Coast Conference games? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. My name is Spencer Linton, joined with the soft-spoken 
Brian Logan. Yes, very, very soft. Can you, can you hear me right now? You're BYU here. Sports Station signing day special on Wednesday, February 4th. We will have sports, BYU Sports Station at its normal time, 12 Eastern, uh, followed by a press conference at 3 Eastern on BYUTVSports.com, and then a BYU Sports Nation signing day special with live reaction from the football offices, interviews, new players coming in. It is going to be off the hook. Bronco Mendenhall will join us for that. During... I should be good for the next, by that time. Get your my voice, voice ready, man. Oh, wait, I'm coming back tomorrow, too. Yeah, get your I voice just, ready. I, got, I cannot say nothing to nobody. For everybody that sees me, I'm not rude. I'm just going to give you a heads up. Yep. There are no excuses for you not to be ready on September there's no, 5th. Yeah, there's no excuses, man. I'm ready, dude. I'm about to just pump up with vitamins. You know, Coach JJ, hey, get that vitamin C going in you, you know. I, I, I'm taking his advice. I'm ready, man. We are full steam ahead for what happens in Lincoln, Nebraska. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 221. 221 days. So you have until that day to be 100% with your voice. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my anniversary, man. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Still struggling. What am I going to do? <laughs> what are your expectations for BYU basketball in the back nine of the West Coast Conference? Your tweets next. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Future guests this week include Kelly Papinga. Coach. Approaching hey, signing day. This is like the week for the coach. I talked man. to him yesterday. Closing the deal. I talked to him yesterday. I gave him a tip. I said, hey, when you guys are doing sprints and running sprints, um, we used to make you guys um, run with us. So we did less. So whatever they watched, you know, if everybody was hustling and everybody finished through the line, <laughs> they'd be like, nope, Brian didn't finish. Kyle didn't finish. You got to do it again. And then we were like, well, forget this, man. We're going to have these guys run with us. Like, you know, you're not, you're, not band, you're not a band of brother. You're not a Bob coach. You're not about this life if you don't run with us. So then they, then, then they started running with us. Dude, we were done in like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that is the key. Get the coaches to get That's involved is, in man. practice. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. If you just missed it, you missed out. Brian Keel breaking down the BYU draft hopefuls. It was like go fast, go hard at its finest. Big B. Devin Mahina, Paul Lasique, and Alani Fua all under the microscope. You're going to want to go back and listen to that interview if you missed it with Brian Keel. What are your realistic expectations for BYU basketball in the back nine of West Coast Conference? Kenton, Utah says, still hope for 8-1 and one or a win over the Zags to get in the NCAA. Hey, thanks, Brian, for playing through the injury. No, 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 no problem, man. That's what I do. Thanks to Jeff Judkins and Brian Keel as well. Show on demand, BYUSportsNation.com. For Brian Logan, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Lavelle.